right, y'all. Welcome to the inaugural, the first episode of the Audacity of This Guy's Podcast. I am super, super excited about this one right here, especially being the launch of this show. I have with me my business mentor, my friend, uh, Dr. Tammy Parks. She is just an awesome, phenomenal person, a human being, and a phenomenal uh, woman. And uh, she's really the reason why we have this podcast right here today. Like, I can't tell you. Uh, how much uh, she's been an integral part of me growing as an entrepreneur, me starting my creative side, and me just launching everything. So without further ado, I want to introduce my friend, Tammy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much, Dominic, and I'm so, so proud of you. Um, This is such an honor to be here at your first podcast. Um, So I go by Dr. Tam. I'm a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner, as well as having a background in project management, finance, computer science, and education. For me, my life purpose is to educate, to inform, to advise people on their wealth care journey. And a wealth care journey is a holistic sense of wealth, not just finances, but it's also your health, your relationships, just the overall aspect of your life. Man, she said a mouthful, and she's definitely helped me with all that. I can't even tell you. Uh, just, I think we've been working together now, what, four months? About four months. About four months, and she's really changed my mindset uh, and how I think about achieving my goals holistically, like looking at every aspect of my life and really trying to achieve those goals. So, you know, she's... Uh, one of the first people I thought of when I started this podcast and saying that, you know, when when we introduce people, we want to show people how success really looks and, and we want to give our next generation um, a view of what they can achieve and what they can look like. You know, uh, oftentimes we don't get to see the people that are successful, um, you know, they're really behind the scenes and things like that. So I want to take the curtains back and show our people what success look like. Um, and you've been uh, very successful in everything that you've done. Like, you've achieved so much in such a short period of time. And so we're going to get into that during this interview and just really go into that. So um, let's start off with, you know, where you're from, where you grew up at. So I was born in a small part of North Carolina um, called Tobaccoville. My mom moved to New York when I was about two or three, and I grew up between Harlem and the Bronx. Harlem and the Bronx. Oh, how we make it from down South Carolina up to New York? So how do we get up there? Well, some of my mother's family members had already moved to New York, and they were saying they were talking about the opportunities, how it's less restrictive than the South. And so my mom just thought, hey, there might be some better opportunities in the North than it is in the South, and she moved. Okay, all right. So it was just you and your mom, or was it? So it was me, my mom, and my what I call my Irish twin sister. <laughs> she was only born maybe a little over a year from me, um, and so yes. And at um, first, we lived between family members and transitional housing, but eventually, um, you know, we got our own housing. Okay, all right. So just you, your sister, and your mom. Yes. So single parent uh, households, which you grew up in, yep. you know, strong woman that raised you uh, to be the woman that you are today. And it was just you and your sister. So you're the older one. I am the older one, but I will make a point to say that um, I've always had a lot of support for my biological father's family. Okay. Anytime I went to North Carolina, it was like I never left. Oh, um, okay. So just a lot of love. And then my stepfather, my sister right after me, her father, he treated me like his own. You would have never known the difference, except I do look look different. But other than that, other than that. you would never know I wasn't his child. 
Oh, man, see, that's awesome. You know, uh, a guy to come in and step in and really take that role, that mantle. Uh, I know not a lot of guys where I'm from actually do that. You know, if you grew up a single parent, like, that was it. Like, you ain't had no yep. real guys to step in it. I mean, well, we had our coaches and other guys, but never, like, anybody in the house. So that's awesome that he did that. So growing up in the Bronx. Yep. South Bronx. Uh, South Bronx. Gotta be, uh, when you, South Bronx. When people from New York, you got to be very, very specific <laughs> yes. about where they grew up. And they do not play yes. about their areas they and grew up in. And it's the Bronx, not Bronx. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> the Bronx. See? No, you did it right, but some people don't. The s- South, the South Bronx. Make yeah. sure we get that right when you say it. one. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're, you're right there where hip-hop began. Pretty much. Okay, all right. And all it right. is an influence in what I do. Sometimes going into an exam, I'll listen to, like, 50 Cent and just get, like, hyped up and, you know, <laughs> confident, ready to. 50 get you right for the exam? Yes, that Forbes 1, 2, 3 remix. Oh, what? my goodness. What? The funny thing is my friends used to laugh at me because I'd be the one. In Wall Street, there's a culture of going to strip clubs, going to bars after work, and I would be the one reading a Forbes in the club. <laughs> Who goes out to a club and reads Forbes while they're at the club? You're supposed to be drinking, having fun, partying. I, I was doing all of that. And multitasking. Yes, multitasking. Good God Almighty. Okay. Grew up in South Bronx. Uh, So what kind of, like, so coming up like that, what kind of schools did you end up going to there? So, um, ironically, I'm close to your sister. So we were just talking about that the other day. Um, I wound up going to public school, but I I really lucked up. Um, One of my public schools, the president was married to a politician. So we had all the programs, all the computer programs. Um, another school that I went to, the assistant principal took a liking to me, so she mentored me. And then the junior high school I went to was tied into Debbie Allen and the Cosbys. And so it was a lot of like special programs there. Um, and it was literally right down the block from um, Forest Projects where Fat Joe was from. So he would come up, show love to the students all the time. So I actually, and I was science track, so I was gifted track. So um, I grew up prepared to go pre-med. From public education. Prepared to go pre-med. So yes. you had the hip-hop culture influence you. You had all these icons around Debbie Allen, you know, dancing and everything like that. And you ended up uh, having a science track, which led you to pre-med. Yes. So let's talk about that. So you went pre-med. Was that the first thing you did when you went into college? Cause so essentially um, in New York, when you are about to go to high school, you have to test into different high schools. I shared on my Instagram story the other day, um, because I was not adequately pre- prepared, I missed out on a scholarship pipeline to go to private um, K through 12. I've read that, because yes. you, you said that was one of the one times that you lost. Yes, like, you, yes. there's only two times in my life where I've lost on a qualifying, what I would call exam, and that's when I lost the spelling bee, and when I didn't get into that scholarship pipeline, it's called a better chance for um, private K through 12 education. Mm-hmm. But I did score well enough that I got into a specialized high school. Um, it was right across the street from City College System. Mm-hmm. And so we got to take classes as high school students, depending on how we scored. So I was taking classes, I believe, as early as like my first or second year of high school, I was taking college classes. Man, so advanced already in high school, taking college prep classes, science uh, was your major, but you, you know, pretty much led you into pre-med. Correct. So graduated high school. Mm-hmm. What college did you end up going to? So that's where, um, for me, um, as, much, as, hard, as, as hard as you can work, when you come from certain environments, there are all these hurdles 
that you have to get over. So I winded up um, going to a small private college in the South Bronx while waiting to get into NYU. And that worked out wonderfully for me. Um, I finished their associate's program in about a year. I went hard. Dang. I went hard. But you I was went, taking like 18 credits a semester? I went every semester, 4.0, um, computer science, um, while I was waiting to get into NYU's program. And then I was tracked to be pre-med at NYU, and it was the chemistry for me. <laughs> so it was two things. It was the chemistry for me, and then it was also the fact that um, in transitioning from that small private college in the South Bronx to NYU, I got put in an internship pipeline, and I winded up working at um, an investment bank, and they were amazing. The guys that I worked with um, in the corporate world, they'll tell you there's mentorship, and then there's sponsorship or championship. They championed me. They let me work from home. If there was something to do, they said, hey, put Tammy on that. Um, they really, really championed me. And so I was like, hey, I'm making good money in banking. No right. one ever told me about this career. Right. And so I'm like, I'm struggling in chemistry. Um, I'm making this good money over here, flexible technology, leverage my computer science. And I said, hmm, let me ch change my major to econ. And so I did. And I stayed in the banking pipeline and um, graduated from NYU um, went to work at another bank, um, what I call the exact opposite of experience. The first investment bank that I was at, they did everything by best practice. <laughs> the next bank I went to, no, none of that. But since I had that culture, I brought that culture with me. And everyone on the floor respected me. I remember um, one day the manager like called me in his office, and he pointed at someone, and he was like... Um, do you know his name? And I'm not going to say the name. I said, yeah, because one of the things I like to do, I like to know everyone's name if I'm on the floor. Even if um, I'm working with a team in the United Kingdom, I like to know everyone's name. Um, so I did. I said, yeah, that's so-and-so. He said, I don't know his name. Like, his work is not remarkable. He was like, but your work is remarkable. So, so they was, knew your name because of your work? Yes. And okay. so he was like, um, you know, I would like to see you stay here and, like, be part of, like, the leadership pipeline. But, you know, corporate America, there's always these shakeups. He winded up leaving. And because I had an IT background, and because I just came from this bank that did best practices, with all the shakeups, I noticed they were going to outsource our roles to India. So I'm, like, talking to my coworkers, and I'm like, you guys don't see the writing on the wall? And it's like they were so stuck in their ways, and they didn't see it. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to do my best here. But I see that they're teaching us to train our replacements. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how much longer I want to deal with that. Right. And so um, I gave a lengthy resignation, like I gave advance notice to leave. I think I gave, I want to say, eight weeks, which normally only two only is two required. Is necessary. Yeah. And they tried to talk me into staying longer, and I was quite frank. I was like, it seems like you're, we're training our replacements. And then I was like, it also seems like when I've come to you with best practices, it's not until everything fails that you want to circle back to me and say, oh, hey, Tammy, you know, that list you gave me, let's work on something. So it's not like you respect my voice, you respect my opinion. And then you have, um, pun intended, the audacity <laughs> for, <laughs> for, for, to, for us to be trading our um, replacements and to act like we don't know that. And so I respectfully left. Um, and then I took um, a little hiatus. I enjoyed my summer. I was traveling. Um, I'm someone who loves the United States 
I feel like there's enough diversity of travel in the States. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody always gets wrapped up into international travel. But I can tell you I've enjoyed going to from Maine all the way to Florida and other parts of the country. I've really enjoyed it. So I traveled. Um, and then my boyfriend at the time was like, why don't you go after, like, executive recruitment? And I was like, I'm not an executive. And he was like, you're smart. And so I applied, and I got matched to a hedge fund, okay. which is the cream of the crop in the financial world. So me reading Forbes, when they matched me, I was like, oh, a hedge fund. <laughs> so like, it kind of just fell in line. Yes, it. I was like, oh, I've been reading the stories about how hedge funds are, the culture, the egos, the, the money, the everything. And I was like, okay. And I was only supposed to be there for two to four weeks. And my manager called me in, and he said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I was like, I will make a position for you. Just give me time. Wow. And they did. <laughs> make a position for you? Yep. I was called special project manager. So they just gave you a title and said, we need you here no matter what. We're just, we're just going to mm -hmm. figure and out a way to get you here. That's unusual for a hedge fund. A hedge fund, um, people say, oh, school doesn't matter and things of that nature. But that's how they recruit. Normally, you get into a hedge fund because the um, owner or the fund manager went to Harvard or went to Wharton. And then when they go recruit, they go to Harvard, they go to Wharton. So it leaves all these people excluded. Okay. So I looked up. I got into a hedge fund without that network to get me into a hedge fund. And I was only supposed to be there for two to four weeks, but that technology background I had, that, you know, charisma, the knowing everyone's name, they tapped, they picked up on it and within two weeks. Wow. So let's, let's circle back. So you graduated from NYU, right? Correct. What did you get your degree in? That was it econ, was a, right? It was a dual major, economics and social sciences. But you didn't stop there with the education. What happened? No. What happened next? So being at a hedge fund, um, if anyone knows anything about hedge funds, everyone is well paid. Everyone's benefits package is just super. So my manager paid for the business section of my master's. So I got a master's in business education. So okay. half of it was business. It was a customized master. And half of it was education. Okay. So ironically, NYU gave me a half scholarship. So you had so, no, no school yeah, loans. So, and while you covered the education piece and my, my, um, the hedge fund I was working with, um, they covered the um, business piece. And so I got a master's. And so at that moment, um, I had to do a lot of um, self-reflecting. Okay. And I was like, um, the money's great. Um, you know, I was like, but is this what I really wanted to do? I was science tracked my whole life. Like, in, in a big piece of my heart, I was like, I'm supposed to be in the medical field. Okay. So I sat down with myself, and I said, are you ready to leave? Like, um, how would you get into the medical field? And there were only three acceptable roles for me, and that was the medical doctor, the nurse practitioner, or the physician's assistant. Okay. And so... Ironically for me, I found a program where, because um, when you get in pre-med, pre-nursing, whatever, you have to have had your courses within a certain time frame. And that time frame was approaching to me, for me. So that's what made it even more time sensitive. It wasn't like I had a year, two years. I literally had months. So you so, had to get in. So yeah, so not just that, I had to leave. If the soul searching of what I wanted to do was to go into the medical field and not repeat the chemistry that almost broke me and not repeat anatomy and physiology and not repeat biology, my courses were expiring in that time frame to get into clinical programs. 
and I made um, a variety of things happen for which I cannot talk about on this podcast. Okay, but, um, no doubt. It was um, a circumstance of like a series of fortunate events. <laughs> and so I was able to leave and go to nursing school, um, not be able to work, which is still stressful, but have enough savings to get through a master's level RN program. Okay. And, and that brought, that's what brought me to Baltimore. So where did you end up going to medical school at? So I didn't go to medical school. So the decision when I did MDNP, physician's assistant, PA, um, I thought an ND would be too much time. I was already very highly educated. Okay. Um, at the time, the physician's assistant role was so linked to the medical um, that, to me, it was too dependent on the medical doctor. And then I was reading all these articles that depending on what state you're in, the nurse practitioner role is an independent role, meaning you don't need a medical um, director or a doctor to supervise you, that you can write prescriptions, that you can own your own practice. And it fairly, for me, because I'm like an academic champion, I was like, I could boot camp my way through to being an MP in three years or under. And that's what I did. So... I'm a primary care nurse practitioner. Gee, so business education, like business management, econ. Then we pivoted, left the hedge fund. You forgot about computer science. Oh, oh I'm sorry, computer <laughs> science. So then we go to the hedge fund. Nice salary, nice package, everything. Said, I got to follow my heart. Gave all of that up and then pursued the pre-med route and became a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Wow. Damn. That's a lot. It is a lot. lot. And it was not an easy time starting a second career. Sometimes I thought um, that I put myself and my family through challenges just to start a second career when I was already okay in my first career. But I was playing the long game. I saw things like the pandemic happening. I saw how financial cycles go up, go down. And I was like, if I have both the finance business and technology, and then on the flip side, have healthcare, which is an essential career, I was like, I will, I will weather any storm with my skill set. And so it was torturous. I went from being comforted and plushed and praised for whenever I did things right, free, you know, free breakfast, free lunch, if you work late, free dinner, amazing benefits to being an RN student and an MP student where they torture you just like they torture um, <laughs> medical students because they want to weed people out. Right. So I went from being luxury <laughs> to torture. And so it wasn't easy, but it built my character. I could say um, without a doubt, um, I have more fiber of character now um, than I did before going into the healthcare field. So going into the healthcare field, like I said, you did a, a, a nice uh, pivot. Like mm-hmm. you, you really left everything that you knew and you were comfortable with and, and really pursued your heart. What challenges did you see when you did that? You know, especially because you're a multiracial woman. Mm-hmm. You know, that intersectionality there it is always a dual, like, mm-hmm. dual put down. Like yeah. they always try to put you down. So there's a few um, challenges. One, if you go to a boot camp kind of full, a full-time program, it's very hard to work. And so I relied on savings, which was like, ouch. You know, I had ouch moments because I didn't really, personally, I didn't want to change my lifestyle. Right. Like, I'm bourgeois. I like living in certain places. I like eating certain foods. And so, like, my savings were 
dwindling while being tortured and, <laughs> and educated to, in a new A lot role. of stress, a lot of yes. stress. And then two, um, if anything, if people know anything about the nursing field, and again, I don't want to um, step on anyone's toes or offend anyone, but typically speaking, the hospitals are run by Caucasian nurses, mm -hmm. long-term care, um, nursing homes are run by Africans. Mm -hmm. um, and the voice of an African-American nurse, um, we have to fight for that voice. Um, because, again, just the, the demographics of who's running the show, depending on, on where you are in the hospital field, mm -hmm. well, hospital and clinic field. And so, then in terms of being multiracial, so my family um, is a very blended family. Um, you know, we have African-American, we have American Indian, specifically Cherokee and Black, um, Blackfoot. And then we have some people who have some Scott-Irish mix. Um, and so I have all three mixtures. And what has been a weird thing for me is that sometimes people mistake me from be, for being Indian, like mm. Asian Indian. And I remember one time when I was, um, I was like the top student in the class, and the second top student, um, he was a Asian Middle Eastern, and we're walking. Mind you, top student in the class, my grade, my average in that class was like a 99, and his wasn't too far after, and we're walking through the campus, and he's like, you know, it's so unfair that the blacks and the Latinos just get into these programs. And I look at him, and I'm like, what do you think I am? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm African-American. He was like, you know, he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. And I was like, no, that's how you really feel. But now you know that you're wrong because mm -hmm. I got here through merit. And if someone did get here through opportunity um, from being a disenfranchised group, that still is someone there, you know, fighting to be there, to go through the academics, to go through the clinicals. They are still deserving of that spot. Wow, yeah. And I think oftentimes people don't give um, give us credit. You know, like, just because I am a minority or I am, you know, diverse doesn't mean that I didn't work just as hard as you did to yeah. get to the same spot. Like, And oftentimes you had to work three, four times yeah. as hard to get there. And then another weird twist is that people tend to think I grew up upper middle class. And I grew up in the trenches. Like, I, I grew up in the South Bronx. When the South Bronx was, <laughs> woo! So hold that's up. all I gotta say. Did you did you have to like fight and everything, or not really? Not really, okay. because you know what? People figured out I was the one who could write papers, and I was the one who could tutor, and they were like, "Okay, we gotta protect Tammy at all costs." Like, right. So she she you can't touch her. But it was just rough to walk through streets where you visibly see crack valves, you know, where you visibly see drug exchanges. You see single moms who dropped out of school. Um, it's a tough environment, but it's also that kind of environment if you're able to survive. You know, like Frank, Frank Sinatra said, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, you know, New York. So if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And that is so, so true. I never knew Frank Sinatra said that. I yeah. always thought it was um, a rap lyric from Jay-Z. Well, did Jay-Z say that? Or he the must Biggie? have sampled it. Yeah, I know one of the big New York rappers said it. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's a song. Okay. It's All right, I was going to say. Um, so, man, that, that's a lot of adversity. And then you pivoted. All right. So, man, a lot. That's yeah, a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so, all right. So, we became a nurse practitioner. 
All right, you moved down. So is that when you moved to Baltimore? No, so I moved to Baltimore to go to a master's level RN program at the University of Maryland, right in downtown Baltimore. Okay. Um, right across the street from the University of Maryland the, the Hospital. Hospital Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I completed that program. It was rigorous, torturous. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the, the theme. And then I got into University of Miami and I got into Vanderbilt. Now, what I, I had, so I had two programs to choose from. University of Miami was traditional, so we would have to be in class when they say we needed to be in class, and then be in clinicals when they say we needed to be in clinicals. Vanderbilt had a hybrid program where you go one week out of each month, but then you can live your life at home and find your clinicals at home. Lucky enough for me, I always think ahead, so when I was in that RN program, Anytime I met a nurse practitioner, I said, hey, I plan on being a nurse practitioner, exchange details and everything. So by the time I was in Vanderbilt and I heard during class in Nashville, you have to find your own clinicals. I literally took a, when we broke from lunch, called somebody up, I already had my clinical. In Baltimore, but that's where I lived at the time. Already thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah. See, that's why, that's why she my mentor and my yeah, coach, because she be... <laughs> She'd be like, look, you need to prepare for this. You need to prepare for that. You need to be thinking 10, t- ten times ahead. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I, I, I definitely need to do that. So, um, all right. So, man, so now we, uh, so graduated doctor. So now, no. how, oh, hold on. We, Vanderbilt was a pre-doctoral program where you got a master's level nurse practitioner. So then I then winded back up at University of Miami. Oh, we had five different colleges already? Um, and why you? No, you forget the small college. All right, so commun- all right, so South Bronx. We went to a college. Mm-hmm. NYU. NYU. Uh huh. Then we came down here to University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Then Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Uh huh. Then University of Miami. Then University. But Miami. I went to NYU twice, so that's why I kind of counted. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I got a bachelor. That's a lot of dang going schooling. It is, but it's paying off now. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you for doing all that. It's it's helping me out. You saw the the top tier research I did for you. Uh, It pays off, Um, and so that that's where I am now. I'm at that point where it's all paying off, and it paid off throughout the way. But I'm at that point where I have um, authorities and powers and confidence and independence and completion and experience and the building up of character, and it's. It's just like, um, I could always cry. It's just like everything's just coming together. Yeah, you, you definitely, definitely, uh, I can't say enough about your skill set and just the awesome person that you are and that I have been able to, oh, I ain't got no tissue. No, I'm, so okay, okay. I'm so it's sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it's like a dream come true, that's all. Man, I'm trying to tell you, like, I, I feel the same way, like, you know what I've been through uh, recently, mm-hmm. you know, everything that I had worked hard for in law enforcement, and I lost it. And I had you, I had my sister, I had my wife, like, just, the, like, these women right here, like, you guys don't understand, these women right here were always in my ear. Like, they, she never, 
Tammy never let me see defeat. Like she always was like, "Hey, look, yeah, you lost your job, but we're gonna pivot. Like you can still do your business. Like you can still you can still do everything that you want to do. Like God has a bigger plan for you." And she constantly, constantly drilled into my head that I need to change my mindset. I need to change how I'm looking at things. And through everything I've been through, like I said, I lost my income. I lost my job. I was really down. But Tammy was like. We're going to stick it out. You're going to still be a business only. You're still going to go. And you guided me step by step. And I really, really, I, I, I don't think I've ever said this, but I I am so grateful for you. Aw, thank you. Like, I'm so grateful for you. Like, I told my sister the other day, I said, I didn't know I needed Dr. Tam until, <laughs> until I had Dr. Tam. So like, many people <laughs> like, <laughs> too. Everybody says that. But, you know, that's, I feel like everyone knows why they're put on this earth. And that's, I'm put on this earth to care for people, to teach people, to motivate them. And yeah. you do that at a phenomenal level. Like, I'm talking about top tier, top level. Like, it doesn't get any higher than Dr. Tam. Like, Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so, all right. So, we we graduated. We're doctor. What we didn't speak about is that you're also a mom. I am a mom, and I love my daughter because um, when I had to go to Nashville, she was right there. Um, when I had to go to Coral Gables University of Miami, she was right there. And there's times she stayed at home. I have a very supportive um, family. Um, you know, I don't think most people want to be a single mom. So, I'm not a single mom by choice. Um but I do just have such a supportive network of friends and family. Um, and then my daughter's a rider. <laughs> she, she would ride out. I'm like, if I had to get an MBA in Paris right now, she would be like, Patty. <laughs> she, you know, she's a, she's a rider. Um, and so um, I love her for that. Man. So throughout this whole journey, like you, single mom, you know, going to school, multiple occupations and now it's coming to flourishing like now everything yeah. is coming together and so let's talk about that so you worked in several different industries you had you know plentiful education yeah. and you said you're going to put all that together and now you have your own business yes. so let's talk about that like what, so, so what's your business called so it's called um, Tax Wealth Doctors um, and we are doing some rebranding but the key is Wealth Doctors um and just to um, go back a little bit, okay. um, every degree I have experience in. Mm -hmm. And then all throughout my journey, the thread is the same. And that thread is of caring for people, educating people. Um, that thread is, has been all the way there. So, for example, my doctoral studies was in an emerging field. It's really big in the United Kingdom, but it's emerging in this country called social prescribing. So my doctoral studies were focused on social prescribing which is when you don't just care about the client's medical concerns, but you care about their social concerns, their socioeconomic concerns. So I just feel like throughout my whole life, I've been weaving that whole holistic approach um, throughout my career. But Tax Wealth Doctors is a holistic approach to wealth. Um, everybody gets sort of a baseline assessment and recommendations um, according to the various domains of wealth. So that could be finance and insurance, that could be careers, that could be relationships, that could be just so many things. Um, I don't give it all out because trademark is pending. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, but it's basically a holistic approach to wealth. And I really tailor it to what the person needs. So you needed a business plan. I did. Some people need to finish their college careers so they, they can start their working careers. So I've helped coach people through school. 
And then some people have three different businesses but have had no structure. So mm-hmm. then I recommend and advise them and consult them on their structure. So even though the baseline assessment might be the same, everyone's needs are unique and individualized. And we're also working a lot on automation and a learning management system. We're building the learning management system right now. So basically a holistic approach to wealth. See, a holistic approach. And and like I said, I didn't know I needed Dr. Tam until I had her. Like, just the, I'm able to, like, I sent her a one-page, like, transcript or whatever of what I thought my business would be when I tell you I got it back it was like seven to eight pages it had profit and losses it had um who I am as a person what the market I'm like oh I said I would have never thought to write this out I said sure I could take this is my articles in incorporation right here when I went for my LLC I said here you go attach this and and you know what it is (laughs) when you say you didn't know that you needed a Dr. Tam or that you didn't know you needed a holistic approach to wealth, it's because that's the way society is set up. Because mm. that um, hedge fund manager, his family, they're getting that holistic approach to wealth from the cradle all the way to the grave. And that's what I want to bring to our people. Wow. So holistic approach to wealth and... Cradle to the grave. Cradle to the grave. Like... You're right. Like, we aren't taught this. Like, I, I could tell you, even speaking with my mom when I tell her I was doing, you know, I'm producing uh, media content, I'm, you know, starting my clothing brand and everything. She was like, well, don't you want to get a job? Don't you want? I said, my, I said, I do. My heart is in the industry. I said, but I have an opportunity here to really be something that I can really help my community. I can really, you know, give some light to my community. And that's the same thing for you. Like your whole business is to make sure that our people uh, have the same advantages as the people that you work with on the hedge fund. Like you want them, like you said, my daughter, because of you, my daughter will never know what it's not like to have that wealth mindset because of the things that you feed me that I make sure I feed into her and I take it to my family and I try to build that up. Uh, with everyone around me. Like, then, I try so hard to make sure, yeah. like, hey, build, you got business? And you got business? Not just that. You know, you just started with me four months ago, but eventually we would get to sessions where your daughter's there. You know, sessions. Yeah, you, you, oh, you haven't see. even been on a well care journey for a year. I, yeah. I'm a newbie, y'all. Uh, I'm a newbie. 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 <laughs> I want my newbie slow. I'm a newbie. Slow oh, my, my God. Newbie. I can't wait till I get to that level. Oh, my God. <laughs> Had my four-year-old with Dr. Tam. Yes, indeedy. Oh, my God. That's I can't wait for that. So, oh, man. So, and then not just that, um, it's even an approach that I took with direct care to patients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so patients have a right to appeal decisions. Okay. Um, and so I remember one time the patient was in a room, I was in a room, the decision makers were in a room. And so sometimes you're bound by the system. Okay. But I try to do as most as I can bounded by the system. Okay. Um, and she didn't remember me because it was a very long time ago. And then I started to ask her, do you remember me saying this? Do you remember me saying this? And she was like, oh, my God, I remember you. I try to give everyone a consistent level of care and attention, and I, I do that in everything I do. Yeah. Uh, man, so grateful for this. Oh, man, this, is, this has been such an awesome, awesome uh, interview with Dr. Tammy Parks. So, Dr. Tammy, if you could, you know, mm-hmm. 
that that young person, that young person who in our community who's really looking and saying, you know, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I can do that. The only thing they see as success is, you know, um, drugs, crime, violence, or they say I gotta go to sports or I gotta be some type of entertainer. Like you shattered all of the modes. Like you're intelligent. Um, you're phenomenal. You've been in multiple different uh, career paths, and now you're on your entrepreneur path. You're a mom. Like, you have so many titles, but you do it at such an exceptional level. What would you say to those kids who are still in their dream state trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to get through it? So I would say um, the sky's the limit, but also put in the work. So, for example, I'm not an either-or kind of person. I'm not the person who's going to down a nine-to-five. I have a nine-to-five. I'm not going to down a person with a startup. I have a startup. I'm not going to down a person who has a mom-and-pop restaurant for 10 years. I'm not going to down a hedge fund manager. Um, There is respect and value in all of those roles. Um, I think the key is to not put all your eggs in one basket, to be educated and informed, and to put in the work. Into that okay, so diversify and put in that work. Yes. <laughs> like you gotta put in that work. You heard this woman say it from the word when we started. Like she's been putting in that work since yay high, and it and it paid <laughs> off. Look at her. <laughs> like look at it paid off. Everything is coming to uh, what she always dreamt it would be, and I'm so grateful for her. And I'm so, and I wish you just the best. I, I I pray that you are blessed by the most high that God just continues to pour into your life as he has done with mine and I thank you for your time and um, how can the people reach you so I'm on Instagram it's at Dr. Tam so Dr. Tam and then also at Tax Wealth Doctors and then there's a website TaxWealthDoctors.com and so that's how you can reach me that's how you can reach it don't worry if you didn't catch any of it I'm going to have it in the notes You'll be able to click on the links and be able to get right to Dr. Tam. So thank you, Dr. Tam, and uh, that's it. So, so guys, like, listen, this has been another phenomenal episode and just really grateful that um, we're able to do this, uh, especially with my mentor. Uh, You guys see her for yourself. She's phenomenal. And uh, that's a wrap. So make somebody smile and be great. I'm out of here.